My neighbor, when I was a kid, had one that was made out of elk horn. I am obviously the biggest nerd at this table. It's all upside all the time. You're listening to the Hit the Deck podcast. Hit me up if there's a Japanese pro tour, because uh, I need those mates. See, I didn't even want to introduce myself. I don't even know who I am. Card game review and strategy by gamers just like you. I, okay. don't, th- I don't think my tongue can actually make that noise. It's kind of like a catch-20 fuck you. And now, your hosts... St. Arnold. I swear to God, if I ever see that guy again, I'm gonna fucking spray him with pesticide. <laughs> Joe Bono. It's special collector's edition episode. Yeah. O- only select few get to hear it. I've had four scrotums in my hand before. Clara Lavrinyuk. Hey, Dwayne, you wanna touch wieners? And James Dykes. I had to get good Star Trek into my system to, to wash out the bad taste of that game. <laughs> Alrighty, welcome everybody to episode three, 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 God, three, it's three, right? Yeah, I feel like it's like four. Uh, it's sh- almost like it four. should be four. I'm going to talk about that for quite a bit. All right, okay. Uh, welcome to episode three of Hit the Deck podcast, sponsored by Cardhouse Games. Uh, I am your host Dwayne St. Arnold, and joining me today is Joe Bono. Howdy, folks. Kel and Abel. Hello again. James Dykes. What's going on? And Clara Lovrenyuk. Hello. I did it right that time, didn't you I? You did a really good With job. With the V and it love, you did. love Oh, you did such a good job. <laughs> Is that how they say it in old country? Love Lovrenyuk. We today are reviewing uh, Penny Arcade, the uh, the deck building game, uh, as well as we've got some some tasty magic tidbits to talk about. There was some, some something happened. Some some news of some sorts. Uh, but heard, yeah, I hear they changed a couple things. I don't know. I well, don't know. We'll see. We'll talk about that. Um, but first off, let's uh, let's kind of catch up. It's been a couple weeks. Um, I've been pretty busy. Uh, you know, played in a Magic PTQ. Um, but more importantly, I've been doing not hit the decky sort of things. I've gotten like hardcore into League of Legends. Uh, you too. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. I know. I uh, I've been playing a whole bunch, and the game's so good. Kellen, you you hear what I'm saying, right? Oh, I do. The it's that is... play again button, man. They have it at the end of every game. What yeah. are you supposed to do? Yeah, it's like it's like after you rape a girl, it's like rape again. All right, okay, I guess. All right, round two. I I feel like in in three or four weeks we're just gonna have to start the podcast and sit Dwayne down and tell him we're having an intervention. <laughs> I don't know what you would intervene. Your League of Legends <laughs> and raping spree, just, obviously. Oh no, I fear to be you know some sort of infinite combo, and you're just like, oh, I intervene. <laughs> uh, okay, so we have to tell the story. We have to tell the story. Uh, does anyone remember the story? I remember the story. Okay, go uh, ahead. One, go of ahead. Our, one of our buddies is playing on Magic Workstation, which is a program you can play Magic online for free, sorta, kinda, not really enforce the rules or anything. And they're they're playing a combo deck, and and they're going through the whole combo and repeating the combo, and he shows him so, how he's doing everything. And his opponent says, "Well, I intervene." Th- hold on, they've gotten into an infinite loop, right? Yeah. Like I'm gaining infinite life by doing these six right. actions or whatever. Yeah. And his opponent's like, "Well, I intervene," and our friend's like, 
you can't do that. You have to. Are, are you doing something to actually stop the combo? And he's like, no, but I intervene. He's just intervening. Yeah, like by typing, I intervene. Yes, all in caps. So why did he think that that was okay? Well, he he rolled a d twenty and he had a Constitution check <laughs> that allowed him yeah. to intervene. Save versus infinite combo ends exactly. <laughs> so wasn't the uh, wasn't the actual result of that that the rules state that you can agree on an infinite combo unless one player intervenes? Yes. I'm pretty sure that was yeah. the actual yeah. the the wording of the Absolutely. have you not heard this, Joe? I, I'm pretty sure that was the wording of the rule. So. This player thought that by saying I intervene, that that's fulfilled the rules obligations of right. of intervening. Yeah. Not not so well, much. That's just like how it says, you know, in the rules, if you, you know, who, who, the player that doesn't lose wins. And so I always start every game with just making sure everyone knows that I won because I did. I, I win just so you know. I mean, so if it's in the rule book, if it's printed in the rule book, it, it's fact. It works. I wish we could... <laughs> take the i intervene thing into like other parts of life like you know like people someone's busting into your car you're like i intervene oh i'm sorry cop pulls you over i I intervene intervene. yeah girlfriend's moving her stuff out of your apartment i I intervene (laughs) do you stay i actually don't intervene girlfriend tries to move her stuff into your apartment (laughs) i intervene (laughs) (laughs) kellen i feel like you've you've had both of those problems (laughs) i a lot of intervening no positives in that arena for me, no. No, it's lose-lose. Um, God, what was I talking about? Oh, League of Legends. Um, oh, fucking laptop. God damn it. Uh, League of Legends. So, yeah, I've been playing a ton of League of Legends. Uh, the game's really good. It's uh, it's probably one of the best, like, I don't know, uh, free... Freemium? Fr- freemium games. Yeah, freemium. Freemium, we'll use that word, the, the free premium game, where you're paying... I've paid money probably more than i should have uh but i'm getting a lot of entertainment out of it so i feel good uh other than that i like i picked up a uh, batman arkham city for my ps3 that game's pretty sweet um, yep i'm hearing only good things yeah it's real good um but yeah it, i don't know there's something about i don't know getting crushed by some brazilians in league of legends who who yeah if i can't understand what they're saying i'm probably losing uh so joe what have you been up to uh, lots of Innistrad Limited. Um, I made the finals of uh, a couple of GPTs in Innistrad. Um, we had our first PTQ, um, which did not do that well in, but I had kind of a mediocre pool. But um, just been building a lot of sealed pools um, for practice. Like I, I had a whole bunch of packs from from judging, and so like split them all up into six pack pools and have been going through them um, and getting feedback from people and like had this awesome one that Martin GK built uh, that was a blue-white deck splashing black, red, and green. Of um, course. And like it was correct. You it was gotta awesome. have the green. Mm. Yeah. Uh, like he was, he was splashing Daybreak Ranger and Sever the Bloodline um, and like it, it had a three forbidden alchemies in it. It was, it was a really sick pool. Sounds greedy. Uh, it was, and it was awesome. I love, I love greedy decks. Like yeah. uh, the other day, I drafted a, a deck where I was blue white aggro uh, in Innistrad, and just for no other reason other than just pure greediness, I splashed two travel preparations. Like half the time, I was milling them into my own yard, anyways, and didn't need the green. Mm-hmm. And then you know, just had just the one forest splash, and 
Oh, God, it was so good. <laughs> that card is way better than people give it credit for. I mm-hmm. think I think people are catching on now, though, that it's... Well, okay. I mean, Brad wrote, like, Brad Nelson wrote, like, I don't know, 17 articles on Star City talking about how good green-white aggro draft is, right? So everyone everyone's onto it now, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty much been picked up. But for a really long time in the 8-4-Qs, it was just... You had so many travel preparation, midnight haunting situations. It was kind of oh, ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> your number yeah. of Avison, Avison's pilgrim into three drop into travel preparations was so stupid. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what else you been up to, Joe? Uh, so a couple weeks ago, I was on the Limited Resources podcast. Uh, local guys Marshall Sutcliffe and Jonathan Laux uh, run this podcast. It's about uh, improving your limited game. It's it's kind of. Uh, a little bit more towards people that play on Magic Online, but uh, it's all about magic um, and limited and mostly draft. Um, and I came on and did a did a show with them where I was a guest judge, um, and so we took questions from uh, a lot of their viewers, and we talked a lot about uh, different situations that come up in uh, Innistrad Limited and interesting rules interactions there, and how you can improve your game um, by learning some of them you know, corner cases in the rules. And so that was a really fun episode. Um, I've, I've been a limited resources listener for quite a few months now. And like they're, they just put out a really good podcast. So that was a lot of fun to do that. Um, and I've also been continuing on with other judgy things. Uh, there, there have been a lot of people in, in the local area. I've, I think like three or four, um, new people have contacted me saying, Hey, I'm interested in becoming a judge. How do I do that? Um, and so I'm starting to work with them. And so I've got a queue of apprentices coming up uh, that hopefully I'll be certifying as level one judges. So I, I got a question for you. So uh, I, I've talked with a lot of like the local Seattle judges. We Being close to Wizards, like we have a lot of high-level judges here. We, we've got some pretty talented judges, uh, some active, some not active anymore. Uh, what's the most awkward judging situation you've been in? I'm putting you on the spot. Yes, you are. Uh and I want you to name names. They're, no, don't name names. <laughs> I'm just no. kidding. So there, I don't think I told this story yet. So when when I went up to uh, to Alaska, um, I sat and I watched uh, my a couple of my apprentices uh, judging their F and M. Um, sure. And Alaskan F and Ms are not as competitive as the ones that I'm used to in Seattle. Um, so the very first uh, call that we we had, uh, we walked up and. There was a guy that was uh, trying to uh, enchant one of his opponent's creatures with an enslave. Um, enslave is a mind control in black um, yep. that deals one damage to the uh, owners uh, to the owner of the creature every upkeep. Um, and he was wondering if, when he enslaved this creature, he also gained control of the enchantment and equipment that were attached to it. Oh, sure. Um, we said, no, you don't, but. Uh, you know the the benefits that angelic destiny gives to this creature um, are actually going to stay on it because it doesn't matter who the controller is. It's going to get plus four, plus four, and it's going to be an angel and it's going to fly and it's going to have first strike because the enchantment is giving all those. So to hold, the hold on, this, this guy was enchanting someone else's angelic destiny creature. Yeah, yeah. God, was, that's got to feel so good. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a one one <laughs> token that came off of a timely reinforcements that had angelic destiny on it. Uh, so we said yes, it'll it'll get these benefits from the angelic destiny, and uh, there's there's also the sword that's on it, so it'll have protection from these two colors, and it'll get plus two plus two. Uh, but these abilities 
uh, are still you know controlled by the sword's owner, so they'll trigger off the off that and sure. they'll accrue to the owner of the sword. Um, also, though, this is a sort of war and peace. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to enforce state-based actions, and we're going to put this angelic destiny <laughs> in your graveyard uh, and <laughs> clear that up. And so, like, it, it was, it was, it was, it was kind of weird because, like, these guys really didn't understand what was going on, and the guy, the guy who had the angelic destiny and the sort of war and peace on his guy was like, "But that's what my deck does. I just want to put these two things on these guys." And I was like, well, you can't. Your deck doesn't do what you want your deck to yeah. do. He was very disappointed. And th- he asked me to show him the place in the rules that said that he couldn't do that. And I showed him the po- place oh. in the rules oh. that said he couldn't do oh, that. Oh, gosh. Joe, why are you so judgmental? Come uh, on. That's actually part of the job title. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, like, it, it was, he, he was very sad. Because his deck didn't work the way he wanted. I was expecting the punchline as the sword to be sort of feast and famine. He couldn't even be enslaved, anyways. But no, th- th- this is actually a better story. Yeah, I felt like once you said there was a sword on it, like something was fucked up. I think it's really funny that like you're like, okay, yeah, let's let's get to your rules question in one second. But first off, let's fix the, let's fix everything you fucked up already this <laughs> game, and then start over. Okay, now what do you want to do? Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, so you liked being on. Uh, on LR, yeah, uh, LR Cast is is awesome. Um, they're on the MTG Cast network, and uh, Marshall and John are just great guys. And I like John's already been to the Pro Tour a couple times, and sure. you know, hopefully, we'll get on the train at some point. He uh, he top aided a GP. He top aided Portland, right? Yeah, he top aided yeah. Portland Limited. Yeah, yeah, which he will tell you. No you know, one will ever him. forget that he top aided a Grand Prix <laughs> if he can help it. No. Um, and like he's also a really interesting deck builder and, and Marshall is is very talented. Um and you know, he's he's actually putting in the effort to try a queue this year, I think. So I expect great things out of him as well. Sick. That's awesome. Uh what have you been up to, Callan? I've been playing a lot of cribbage actually. Cribbage? I went, like yeah. like the old the, school. The, mm-hmm. Old people. Uh, old people. My grandparents play, and I saw I went back in time a little bit and played what what those what old people call real cards, as yeah, I've been did told you use many like times. The pegs and everything. Yeah, you got to use the pegs. That you know, you have the cribbage boards. My uh, my neighbor when I was a kid had one that was made out of elk horn. That's how. Damn. That was his cribbage board. Yeah. Sounds sweet. Uh, it was. It was pretty. Sweet. Did your neighbor make it himself? Uh, did of he course, like yes. hunt the elk and kill it? He did, and that's how we got his. That is exactly correct. Yeah. That dude is um, a pimp. Yeah, he's also old. Um, so yeah, I've been playing a lot of cribbage, uh, and then, uh, Innistrad draft and just Innistrad limited is so good. I've only done a couple drafts, but I've been watching a lot of people draft and to, well, watching a lot of people draft as much as I can, just so I can get more and more info. Cause it's so interesting. It reminds me of, uh, my old favorite draft format, TPF draft. Sure. Uh, where it's just, there's every card is playable pretty much. You can yeah. pretty much draft any deck you want. You can always... There are there's a lot of archetypes, just, uh, too. Yeah, there's there's a lot of archetypes. Like in Scars, <coughs> in the beginning, you know, there was, are you going to be artifacts or infect? And which two colors? And that was kind of it. That was all you got. Uh, now, though, oh, man, there's so many archetypes. I love it. It makes me yeah. it makes me excited to play Magic again, actually. That's awesome. Yeah. So you played in the PTQ? Well, I played one round. I was unfortunately uh, inconvenienced by my evening beforehand. So <laughs> did not, did not make it past round one. That's just another, quit. that's just another way to say you were extremely hungover. Uh, I may not have slept and may have been wearing a pair of green leggings throughout the entire day and that's it. So, but what was different about this PTQ? 
I, yeah, you're right. It's it's pretty typical. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's a, it's pretty typical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I just don't like clothes at PTQs. They're they're a hindrance to my performance. I feel. do you like clothes elsewhere. N- no, but PTQs. You know, I'm trying to concentrate. And you can't you can't do that under all that weight. It's a, yeah, it's not good. You need to be free. Like I I just I just want one of your opponents one day to be like. Do you just want to take your shirt off, dude? And you'd be so excited that this is happening. If that happened, I would I would probably hug that guy after taking my shirt off, making him really uncomfortable. Or really comfortable. Or really yeah. 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 <laughs> if, if the dude is asking you to take his shirt off, then he might want that. Well, that's fine. I don't even care. I just want to take my shirt off. So that'd probably just happen. Yeah. Why don't you just use that more often as a tactic to psych out your opponent? You know, that's been brought up to me before. Um, I'm very, very frequently... Uh, confused with a gay man very, very, very frequently, and for good reason. So uh, I'm starting to think maybe I should use that to psych out my opponent, just hit on them the whole match, maybe flirt with them a little bit, play a little footsie under the table. You're so close. It always works for me. Yep. That. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I had... Uh, this is forever ago, right? I was playing in a PTQ uh, in New York. Uh, this is... I was probably, I don't know, 18, 17. I was pretty young still. And so I'm playing in this PTQ, and... My round four opponent or whatever. I don't know the guy. I've never seen him before. He sits down and I'm, you know, normally I'm kind of a chatty guy. I'm like, hey, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. I'm Dwayne. You know, where are you from? Blah, blah, And he just wasn't talking. He just wasn't answering. He was just stone stonewalling me. And it was kind of throwing me off my game a little bit because I was like, the fuck is this guy's problem? Like, what I'm, a I'm, jerk. I'm being a nice guy. This guy's being a douchebag. And then in like game two, uh, out of nowhere, like, I draw my card, I'm thinking about my play, and he looks at me with this intense, like, looking into my soul, and goes, like a bee. (laughs) And I swear to God, this was the most fucking mind fuck I've ever had in my life. This guy just hadn't said a whole word for like 20 minutes. I think it got in my head. I think I, I think that's a good. I, I definitely PTQs, lost. I think PTQs are exactly where you want to do that. They say in poker that uh, you don't want to act when you're uh, when you're in the middle of the game when you're you know or sorry you don't want to act at the end of the game when you're playing with the really good players because it's it you're just giving away information and you don't want to do it at the beginning of the game because it doesn't help you. But when you're just working your way up through the ranks, acting is a wonderful tool, and that probably works <laughs> for magic too. If you're acting in like the PTQ level or day one of a GP. You can get a lot out of that, I bet. What if that guy just had some kind of neurological disorder? Like, it's like he was, you know, smart, perfectly normal person, except he had this weird impediment, and here you are just making fun of him. See, what, what, what kind of impediment is this guy going to have? If he, what if he was really a bee? What, what, what is he, like, <laughs> a magic-playing human fly? Yeah. No, fuck what that. If, what if he had a magical, like, transport machine, but there was a fly that got stuck in it when he was testing it, and now he kind of just buzzes? I mean, you don't know what people's circumstances are. You shouldn't judge them. Ha- have you listened to our <laughs> podcast yet recently? We make fun of people for, for much less than this. We well, make fun of people just for being Asian. Never, never well, mind no, well, half fly man. Well, that's different. They he's they got can. it coming. <laughs> I I, I swear one. to God, if I ever see that guy again, I'm gonna fucking spray him with pesticide. <laughs> and I can't say that he wouldn't deserve it. Yeah. See. So cribbage, yeah. <laughs> cribbage yeah, is sweet. Cribbage. <laughs> so it's good game. It's good. You know, you don't run into that same type of people. They, the people who don't speak very much, it's mostly because they're on respirators or you know something where they they're so old, it's not possible. 
And the only thing they can do is move the peg two inches, and then you have to deal for them. Why isn't Esther talking? Well, she's in an iron lung. Yeah, that's, but, <laughs> hey, but she still plays cribbage like a mastermind. She knows what's happening. Yeah. It, I don't know why it's an old-person game. I, I've played cribbage a lot, and I think it's awesome. Oh, it's yeah. really good. It's uh, It feels... Uh, it feels a lot like magic when you play it because there's there's always all these slightly better plays and all yeah. these slightly worse plays. But on the whole, the game is the game is very close to fifty fifty, no matter how good you are. So yeah. so your your margin of uh, of improvement is about like you know between five and ten percent on the and that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, like Cribbage is all about turning your coin flip into a fifty five percent. Right, right. Yeah. So that, and that just feels good. Just if, if every time you do it and you do it right, it just feels like a oh, you just worked them. I love that's, it. That's what she said. I I personally <laughs> I personally really really enjoy Cribbage. Why don't we review Cribbage on this show? <laughs> cribbage the deck building game. <laughs> yeah, I mean really. I mean come you're on. kind of like building. I, your, I would your like crib, to build fifteens. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's all my deck does. I don't know. Now, what you want to do is you want to maximize your pegging. That's that's really what you want to do. Uh, that's actually true, though. Mm-hmm. But for real, yeah. maximize the, the pegging. The more the more you peg, the better it gets. Just saying. I try to peg as many holes as I can. That's that's what I do. I try to get. See, sure. if I can if I can hit every hole on the board, if I can just stick my peg in every single one, I feel like I'm doing pretty well. That's really. I the don't goal. think you're doing good at all because then you're not getting those. You know. Oh, oh are you the no, kind of guy that like, like the, as you move, you're like. Oh, I hit that hole. I hit that hole. Yeah. I hit that hole. Oh, no. this is the hole I end on for a little while. No, you don't want that big gape here. between where you start and where you end. You don't, you don't want, want the gaping holes. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> that just means that you're you're playing your hand wrong. You're missing like all these little tiny, you know, you know, one hole here, one, two holes there. That's really good. That's what you want. You every know, hole every is I've important. You so much, Kellen. Every every <laughs> hole is important. Just saying. Leave no hole behind. No, don't you don't. You got to treat every hole like it's important. Leave no hole unpegged, Dwayne. <laughs> Not even one. James, what have you been up to? Ah, I've been uh, I PTQ'd. I did poorly. Uh, doing some moto drafts too. And Estrada is the best limited format I've played in, and probably uh, it's up there with TPF. It might be better. Yeah. Um, but the rest of my time, I've been just not gaming. I, well, I see here on our on our show planner, we wrote Netflix the game. Yeah. So I've been. I I've love been, that game. I've been rewatching uh, Star Trek DS Nine. Oh, uh, since it came out on Netflix instant and it's actually the best show, best sci-fi show out there. DS9. Yeah. I, I didn't watch that much DS9. That was, uh, who, who's the captain in DS9? Uh, I, f- I should turn in my nerd card here, by the way. It's either the black character, dude character or the lady. Is, it's the black dude. It's the black dude. It's the okay. It Cisco. wasn't Janeway. It was Cisco. No, no, okay. Yeah. And he's a commander. Yeah. Star Com- Com- commander Cisco. The same guy as Hawk from Spencer for hire. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so it was the it was the deck building game from last week that got you so excited about this, right? You were just like, oh, I I forgot how much I, I love Star Trek. I, That's what I, happened. I had right? to get good Star Trek into my system to to wash out the bad taste of that game. <laughs> Star Trek dialysis, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You got to work out the bad blood. <laughs> um, yes, uh, I I watched a ton of I watched all of Next Generation probably two yeah. or three times, but it's it's better than Next Generation. Oh man, that those it's, are hefty it's very words. it's very different. It's not it's not Star Trek situation monster of the week type stuff uh it's very political yeah it's very there's there's some religious undertones but not too much it's it's very it's extremely political it's very very timely for that era with you like the federation acting as a sort of overarching superpower sure 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 i'll have to check it out yep uh clara what have you been doing well let's see um 
I have also been playing a lot of Netflix The Game, and I haven't been watching Deep Space Nine, but I've been watching a lot of Doctor Who, Ooh. Uh, which is, is awesome. And then, let's see. Oh, I also, because it was Halloween, uh, watched The Walking Dead, the, the miniseries special that they made based on the graphic novels. And it was really good. Did you watch like the season one or a season two? Season two isn't out yet. Oh, it, it is. Season two is so Season two is out, but personally, I've only just just watched season one. Haven't yeah. gotten to two yet, so no spoilers. Don't worry, it's for me, really, please. really, really good. But yeah, like season one, it was it was amazing. I think if nothing, I mean, the, if nothing else, the production value was amazing. Like if you just turned it on mute. And couldn't hear what the fuck was going on, but just watched it. It just so good. Especially, I kept forgetting that it was a TV show. Like, this was, you know, made for TV and not, like, a high-budget production movie. And so, I mean, there were some things I didn't quite like about it in the whole, like, zombie genre. But for the most part, it was really... I mean, I just... You okay? You okay, I, I, Sorry, I had a little look on my face there. I can't imagine anyone disliking anything about this no, show. No, no, there was, just, there so was just, there was, I really, really, no, don't get me wrong, Kellen. I really, really liked it. But at first, I, it took me, it took me like an episode or two because at first I was like, this, this seems a little bit cliched or I was, you know, I was kind of skeptical. Oh, yeah. It, it, like, it's, it's like, a, it's like the, the classic zombie story. Yeah. Exactly. Especially when it's like, oh, it's, it's kind of just like 28 days later, the guy's in a coma and then he wakes up and when he wakes up, everything's just. F- gone to shit right everything is zombie exactly yeah. so at first episode or so i was like hmm this seems very cliche but then it won me over and i was like this is awesome so let's see so yeah watching those things on netflix um and then halloween i don't know i don't there's this holiday i don't know if you guys it's the, it's <laughs> the best holiday it. of the year because i'm allowed to wear the least amount of clothes it's me too wow yeah. it's it's a holiday where girls and kellens get to just slut it up i, I feel like Thursday might be awesome for you. Like well, but I, <laughs> Thursdays you don't wear that much clothes. That's because I'm in my house. Maybe when, maybe yeah. Monday. But on Halloween he can just walk any walk the streets. It doesn't matter. He can go anywhere, and people are not going to like give it a second look unless they're at a Christian ladies' convention. Oh. But that's a different story. I think they'll give it a second and third look then. <laughs> oh, they will. You want to, you have to tell this story. So I already mentioned how I was wearing those green leggings. When now, I why why were you wearing the green well, leggings? Well, I was at a, we'll call it a Halloween party the night before, and oh. I was dressed as the Riddler, and my costume for that was actually just green leggings and someone painting uh, question marks on the rest of me, and that's it. Um, so I, I, I was a hat. Oh, yeah, I lost that in the first, like, three minutes of this Halloween party. <laughs> There's a photo, at least. that It looked awesome with the hat. Oh, yeah? It had okay. the Riddler hat. I thought I thought that was awesome. Do you remember being in that photo? It's, uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, easy now. So I was wearing these green leggings still the next morning at the PTQ, and uh, there was a, uh, I don't really know what the convention was actually called, but in my mind, it's the Middle-Aged Women's Christians Convention in Key Arena in Seattle, and it's thousands of Christian women, middle-aged Christian women for the most part, Hanging out together, doing Christian Pra Praising stuff. Jesus. Yep, you know, they love that guy. So, uh, but, <laughs> but between rounds of the PTQ, or for me, since I quit after round one, the entire day of the PTQ, uh, I was able to walk around the uh, Seattle Center campus and catch middle-aged Christian women staring at my junk. And that was just <laughs> one of the most wonderful experiences. We actually made a game out of it. Uh, we would walk around, and we would try and try and count uh, how many we could get every time we would walk in a big circle. Now, the, the, tr the trick was you had to catch them 
looking at your junk, then raise their eyes and make eye contact. Oh, yeah, because I was ready for eye contact. That, I was ready to go. That's the winner there, right? Yeah. You want to see that look of utter fucking shit. Oh, because oh, then God. when they see me looking at them, they know that I know that, that they were looking. Right. And then, it, is that when you just yell out, gotcha? Like, well, no, you just I just gave him a little smile, a little wry smile. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah. And yeah. you saw that. And, well, got it. and you know what? Jesus saw it, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this perfect cacophony of beautiful circumstance all in one situation. It was great. I mean, I, I wonder, like, are they more embarrassed that they're, you know, surrounded by their Bible-thumping girlfriends and they feel shame for that or shame that they got caught? So I think the most shame that they felt were the mother-daughter pairs. That was my favorite. <laughs> And they're like looking in unison simultaneously. Oh yeah. oh yeah, that's that's the best. Either that or like the group of like five or six women, and they're like, oh, and then they have to check with their friends to see if their friends looked. It's it was just a I I can't I can't imagine that something are, like are that you, will ever happen again. Gonna, are you going to do this again next year? Oh well, I considered going back on Sunday just by myself. <laughs> so oh if it my. happens next year, yeah. Oh lordy, lordy, lordy! The devil hath no temptation like killing Abel. <laughs> We picked a good day to record, or Watsy picked a good day to make some shitty announcements. Shit just got real. Yeah, it hit the fan today. Uh, so today they announced some major changes to the uh, organized play again. Uh, you know, they had the Planeswalker Points announcement a while back, and you know, Grand Prix were changing, and invites were changing, and today, today they dropped a couple more bombs on us. Uh, let's just recap more or less what the changes are before we start diving into it uh so worlds worlds uh this year is unaffected but next year is now a 16 person event yep uh the invites for that are based on uh one for the player of the year one for the magic online player of the year uh one for each of the winners of the pts uh and then it's regional top planeswalker yep. point uh for various regions and then a- after that none of those slots overlap right so if someone wins a PT and is uh, um, last year's player, it gets of the year. player down. of the year, it gets, passed, it down. gets passed down, and then they, I believe, the rest of those slots are the remaining number of players uh, that are top overall in planeswalker points in professional planeswalker professional points. planeswalker points, yeah. and so they left that number kind of vague because. You know, invites to make be, it pass down. It could be six, down. it could be seven, it could be eight. Yeah, yeah. Right. I feel like the 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 mat the minimum is six. The minimum yes. is six. Yes. Okay. The, and, that of at large slots. Yeah. It's actually not clear if it passes down. Um, like there, there's some cases where it can't. Like if I'm the player of the year and I win a pro tour, which is actually a semi likely thing. Like there's no way to pass that down. Well, it doesn't pass down. It just means that the number of at large planeswalker point slots. Is is one larger because right, you can right, right, only right. take up. They're going to invite sixteen players, so yeah. if they only have five out of the first so many, then you know, if, right, right, they're they're going yeah. to get sixteen, but like the overflow is always coming from Correct. the top people that aren't already in. Because you could right. have one person take up three slots in theory, right? Three three yeah. supposed slots. Pro, you could have someone. I mean, PT you winner, could have 
player oh, of the year and no. like regional top PWP. You, they could actually yeah. take four slots, right? Because they could be also the Magic Online player. Sure, they could take six. They could they could win all three PTs, win the player of oh, the year, Jesus and Christ. be the Mag- Magic Online. And then they would win Magic. And then, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and then they would get banned for spoiling. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, too soon. No, not at no, all. not too soon. Uh, so that was the major world change. Uh, this impacts. There's one less Pro Tour. Uh, because Worlds was considered a pro tour yep. in the past, uh, so now there's only what three pro tours. Yep, three uh, pro tours that feed Worlds, yeah. this now 16 person event. Yeah, but uh, having one less pro tour matters less because there is no pro player cup club. Yeah, there's no pro player club uh, that we know of. That we know of. They, they haven't announced. They they announced that it's going away. Right. They haven't announced a replacement. But they yeah. say that they're looking. They're they're looking into or thinking up something to. You know, equal it in the new system. Yeah, right. Just to to make it clear, the the, the pro points that are earned in 2011 carry over to 2012, and so whatever whatever level you gain this year, you keep for next year, and the rewards you gained this year, you keep for next year. So if you're at 20 points, you get qualified for all the pro tours in 2012. Yeah. If you're at level five and six, you get your you get your travel bonuses, and then if you keep going up, you get your yeah your your stipends. Yeah, you, you get everything that's going to carry over next year, but there's nothing that you're earning next year, at least as of right now. Nothing that anyone knows uh, about. And then right there's now. there's one more kind of subtle change uh, that I didn't write down in our show notes here. Um, due to worlds being chopped back, there's no more uh, national teams. That's correct. Thus, nationals doesn't feed anything anymore. You can be your national champion. And it doesn't. And that's mean it. Thing, right? That's it. Congratulations! You know, you won your country, and you you may not be invited to worlds. Does that make yeah. the finals more important than nationals in Japan? Yes, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. I think it does. I, mm-hmm. I think the finals was already. I it was already it was already more important from a you know from a, a cultural thing, but yeah. uh, but I think in and like if, if you look at like all the the top eight profiles from GP Hiroshima, they were like you know I was in you know the top eight of finals these two times and I made the limits this time and that time. What is finals for for people that it's don't know? It's the most popular Japanese big tournament pretty much. It's uh it's like a it's like the Star City uh, event series pretty much, but there's just one big tournament at the end and it's the finals. It's it's really it's a really cool system they've had it in place for years and Sweet. years. I'm curious. I I think I remember from reading the re- the press release or the thing that um Watsi put out that's the the whole having nationals not feed worlds anymore it had i didn't have to do with an inconsistency from country to country where i there, i remember them mentioning something about that where it was not a, a system that implemented easily to every country and yeah like there was always this you know kind of clout like um like you know if you if you think you're going to have problems qualifying for your national team you know here in the united states go to puerto rico and you can be on the Puerto Rican national team. Like, uh, I know someone who actually did that. Yeah, uh, he he's a dual citizen. Uh, he flew from from here to Puerto Rico. Uh, Puerto Rico. He lives in the US. here. What's that? Puerto Rico is part of the U.S. Yeah, but they also had a national team. They they had their own thing, uh, which is kind of awkward, right? Uh, but he flew there, was on the national team, mm-hmm. and uh, got to go to Worlds that way. Which is kind of cheap, considering you know their event was sixty something players, right? Uh, and he was by far the best one in the room, of course. So I, I don't know. Uh, there, there was- I think it's I think it's funny though that 
there's certain countries where i mean people don't care to be on the national team <laughs> like i remember i was at um worlds in chiba last year yeah. i was i was competing no i wasn't competing but i was there and there was a story going around was it like what country was it joe was it like hungary or maybe like turkey i think where um one of our friends who is in worlds he, uh he played against the you know one of the guys from say the turkey national team and they started chatting it up and he come you know and our friend comes to find that this dude was not the, like the person who won the you know nationals in um in turkey it was like he was actually got 32nd at the <laughs> turkey nationals but every person before that like the person who won they were like you want to go to japan and the guy's like no and they went to his number two and they kept going down until finally you know this dude gets a phone call and they're like would you like to go to chiba japan to represent turkey is you know on the national team and he's like what are you talking about like i got 32nd and they're like Yes, please, please. We're begging you be on the national team. I feel like this. I, I think it was actually like the first three slots got their airfare paid to Chiba from this nationals, but the alternate slot didn't. Oh, uh, that was so it. that that's how it got passed so, like, on to this guy. I don't want to spend three thousand dollars to get crushed in Chiba. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Thomas, Thomas, our friend Thomas Keeney played this guy twice, I think, mm-hmm. and and got this story and he told us, and like it, it's pretty hilarious. Um, but- I like I I think they're right that you know the the level of competition at different in different nationals groups is is very different and you know they're at worlds that it's it's even softer tournament than normal pro tours because instead of having you know 200 people coming from PTQs you have you know 350 and you know a lot of them are are not even PTQ level yeah yeah I mean 32nd at Turkey Nationals. I feel like that guy was like standing outside hailing a cab when finals was happening. Like, doesn't even know how to play. You know, oh, you're 32nd, bro. Come on. He thought he was actually playing cribbage. And <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty sick going to Japan to play some cribbage. Uh, so, we had a couple questions on Facebook. By the way, thank you for your questions, guys. Uh, so I, I think they actually make really good talking points before we start dissecting this ourselves. Uh, Dan Howard uh, on Facebook uh, says he'd like to know what we think could be the positive impacts of these changes. So like everything online has been swirling about negative, negative, negative. There's been a giant Facebook group that's, you know, what is Wizards done? I don't even remember what it's called, but it's super negative, right? Yeah. Uh, what, what could be good out of this? So... With the increase in GPs, they're increasing payout in the in overall in GPs total, uh, and the money had to come from somewhere. I don't think any of us expected that uh, that Wizards would just increase OP's payout budget by a hundred fifty two hundred thousand dollars. I I'm sorry to jump in on this, but like GPs pay for themselves. That like the the money for the new GPs came from the new GPs. Yeah, it's 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 entry and tournament revenue. That money's going to TOs though, right? No, well, some of it is. Some of it, some of it is, but like all the GPs that are being run outside of the United States are being run by wizards. Yeah, right. And I, I believe that there's there's some sort of um, some sort of licensing fee that the TOs are paying to run these GPs. Mm-hmm. So like you're you're not actually losing money on the GPs as wizards. 
Uh, yeah, that, that's true for the most part. I mean, they do lose money when it comes to players having pro points and uh, all. I, that's I'm not sure how that's going to work now. But before uh, having more and more players with enough pro point points to be higher level in the club, they start to pay for more plane tick and tickets and hotel yeah. rooms, things like that. But that's not a huge, a huge amount of money, probably. So, and that, that won't change uh, for 2012 either. So, yeah, that's probably not going to be a huge amount. Um, it it is. I, I think it is interesting that they are cutting a pro tour, and I don't know. I don't know what they need the money for, or if it's going to be uh, cost well, cost effective, or what the plan is there. But so we didn't talk about it. the The world changes, so it's a, it's sixteen person, and what's the total prize pool? Hundred thousand dollars. Hundred thousand dollars. Oh so my gosh! It's a huge so, amount of. So money. they're cu- they're cutting the world's payout in half. Plus, they're cutting out the payouts for Player of the Year. Yeah. Right, but they're also turning, you know, the the, the amount of money that. Is distributed between sixteen people. It's it's much higher density, right? Yeah, so like, sure. You know, but and uh, like th- this is a very nice overlay for winning your pro tour. That in addition to the what like forty thousand dollars you yeah. get for winning a yeah. pro tour, you have a shot at you know some some large percentage of this hundred thousand dollars. But like they're certainly saving a lot of money by by doing this because they cut the the prize payout for worlds in half, and they don't have to. Um, pay for plane tickets for pro tour pro players in level seven and eight to go to this thing, and you know they don't have to rent out a huge convention hall for four days to run this event. They just go and get a booth in Gen Con, you know, so, get a one room one room. Yeah, the you know w- one of the positives I think uh, that could potentially come out of this, and that's to be determined how they handle it. Uh, so whether it's 16 players or what was Worlds last year, like 350, 400 players? Uh, I, th- I think it was over 500. Over 500. Uh, regardless of that number, the vast majority of people who play Magic and are interested in competitive Magic are not attending these events regardless. That's true. Uh, and as the Star City Games and GG's Live has proven, uh, Magic players love coverage. Uh, the... My understanding is that there is going to be an abundance of coverage of, you know, 16 players. That's eight matches per round. Uh, my understanding is there's going to be a ton of coverage. Mm-hmm. They have a really good opportunity to, to do really good live video coverage that's relevant and yeah. that the people hype, want to watch. The hype is going to be ridiculous. Yeah, speaking of that, I think I think uh, having the three Pro Tour winners and Player of the Year and Magic Online Player of the Year, having those people at one tournament and having them giving them a, was that five people that could be a two-time champion in one year, that is that is great for them for name recognition yeah. and, mm-hmm. and breeding their brand. That's awesome. I yep. think that's a really nice thing for them to have. And even... Even uh, on the way towards the, you know, who's going to have the most Planeswalker points, we're all going to know who those people are because they're going to be battling it out. It's going to be another player of the year battle, pretty much. You're going to have two people who are leading the race, and Paulo's going to be in third with the third number of Pro Tour points because he's on the road every day going to GP, and someone else is out there. And it's going to be really cool watching these, you know, these last 15, 20 players fight for those slots, and we'll know who all of them are, I'm sure. And And you know what else is great? Is we will finally know who the best magic player in the entire world is. Because I don't know about you guys, but I've been dying to know, and now we'll finally know. Well, Just there's no confusion, right? There's exactly. no more like, well, you're player of the year, and you're... Oh, wait, you, there will still be player of the year, right? Yeah, but see, they're all invited to a tournament together. Clear. Yeah, that's that's kind of like, weird, right? Because they're taking away the pro player club, yeah. but they still are giving an invite to player of the year. I, no, I think no, no, they're going to no, have no. to... They're, they're, they're giving an invite to the world champion. 
Oh, last year's pre- world year. champion. It's world oh. champion. Yeah. I'm sorry. Exactly. So Except he's kind of disqualified right now. No, no, no. The, it's going to be the 2011 <laughs> world champion. So whoever wins worlds oh, in right, like, right, right. Yeah, in a uh, month or yeah, two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I was trying to think about this and compare it to, like, other sports. Like, uh, or, or I was trying to compare it to sports. Uh, <laughs> where, like, the thought of, like, the NBA Finals just being the All-Star game is kind of weird. Like, what if you just, you know, you played a bunch of tournaments, you know, NBA tournaments, and then the end was the All-Star game. There is no best team going in like it kind of sounds cool but it's kind of strange then again i'm trying to compare it to like a team sport which yeah. isn't really the same yeah i don't think it quite translates as well yeah maybe i'm just dumb i think that's is there some sort of comparison with like college football and the bowl uh, game? You can it's still to, like team sports you I can think. compare it to individual sports like gymnastics and it's actually very similar to the way gymnastics uh is run where there's a there are a very small number of qualifying events, in this case, pro tours. Uh, in gymnastics, it's very similar. There's, you play on nationals, and, or, and you do worlds, uh, and that's kind of it. If you, don't, if you don't make it in the few tournaments you have the option to do it, you're not going to the Olympics. That's, that's real. There's only a couple tournaments sure. where, you can, where you can qualify for that. Hmm. And, and it's, it's interesting you bring up gymnastics because I feel like 99% of Americans, at least, don't talk about gymnastics unless it's the Olympics year. Oh, and that's true. I mean, that's that's how gymnasts feel too. And it's, it's, it, that's just I mean, how that's it is. how it is, right? Yeah. So, like, there's only one tournament that matters in gymnastics, and that's Olympics. I well, mean, Worlds is important or whatever, but it's really the Olympics. Sure, I think yeah. that's true for a lot of individual sports. Uh, I mean, volleyball isn't popular until Olympics time. Things like that, where uh, it, the Olympics is a huge I, luge. I actually think that's a pretty good correlation. Where where it's kind of the Olympics of magic. <laughs> you get one tournament with every big name you possibly can uh and i don't know if it's that makes things bad for other tournaments where they're just not gonna be on the radar as much uh it really depends on what wizards coverage is gonna be like for pro tours i i think it's a good thing for them to have now that there's so many other big tournament situations going on out there in response to the star city game series and uh uh, there's you know the the, the brain burst series what, is, what are they called now TCG TCG Player. Player. they, they yeah. have their series too and there's there's you know there's there's more tournament series out there uh, having four pro tours is starting to get a little bit lost amongst all that and the the number of GPs unless they just become another one of these huge number of tournaments they start to get lost among the other 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 guys tournaments so having one world that's small and super different than all the other tournaments is probably a good thing too uh, for them in that way that yeah. it's a very different tournament. You know everyone who's involved in it, and it's uh, it makes it seem much more important. It, it kind of actually, I, I think I found a good correlation. It kind of feels like how they handle the uh, top table at World Series of Poker, where they they put off the coverage for you know months so they can profile these players and and kind of get this like background to it and cover it better does that make any sense yeah i mean like they're they're doing something that you know is is designed totally around the coverage and is not based around the tournament um i I think that's an accurate analogy here with the november nine in the world series um Man, that's the that sounds really cynical, but it is. <laughs> um, no, I, I, like it, it, it's it's definitely a tournament that is designed to to be a spectacle and not to be about um, the players and and not even 
the thing that's that's weird about it is it's not even about the dream for you know the regular FNM PTQ grinder that I'm going to get to the pro tour and play on the highest stage. Like I don't think any of those people have you know the are, are going to envision themselves at this world's event. It's really just like I want to see you know this grudge match between LSV and you know PV PV. Or, I think Shuhei a lot of and, yeah. And I think a lot of players really, really like that. I mean, um, a lot of casual players to moderate players to like anybody who actually follows Magic coverage, just like these other games or sports that we've compa- been compared, that we're comparing it to. People really enjoy seeing like the big names or the titans, I guess you could say, go up against each other. Because I think that there is slightly that that question like i i was slightly joking about oh well now we'll finally know who the best player in magic is but there is something to be said where i'm sure there's lots of people who've wanted to know oh well what you know who would win if you had the player of the year playing you know this person who won two pro tours in the in the season like if they went head to head who do you think would win like a lot of that has been speculative in the past and now we could finally see like the a lot of these big names go head to head and i think like that's one of the reasons why last year when brad nelson and paulo vitro had to like fight it off to decide who really was going to be player of the year people just ate that shit up god if it was if it was paulo that'd be awesome it was brad it was brad and and some like, big guy it, it was no. actually brad and and, no, and voldemort no no it's not. <laughs> that's actually what it came down to it no, was brad it, no. and he who shall not be named no. It was uh. yes. It was yes. He him. Sorry, I didn't mean to drop uh, say the wrong name, but it just came out. But yeah. you you know what I'm talking about. That that was yeah. a really really big deal last year, and lots of people watched the, or watched or read or listened to the coverage of it. Yeah. Well, I I for one can't wait to find out whether Samuel Estrade or David Sharfman is the best Magic player in the world. Oh so. God, it could be either of them, huh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so. Players are just getting into Magic. Uh, th- they used to have a tournament like this a few years back. There was the Magic Invitational. Um, they invited 16 players based on either pro performance or community uh, establishment. And it, it was treated like a, a huge deal uh, for the, the players, but Wizards sort of treated it like an afterthought. So it'll be interesting to see how they treat this now that it's their world championships. Yeah. Uh, so we've got a couple other questions I want to get to. Uh, we're not going to have a ton of time to cover these. Uh, David Miller, uh, he wants to talk about the shift from uh, basically for, oh, uh, for like FNMs and casual FNMers. Now they're getting, FNMs are getting swarmed by uh, by people that are just looking to grind points. Uh, like, is that is that what Watsi wants to do and what the perceived issue is and things ha- like that? Has it really been that much of a swarm? I mean... Kind of, sort of. Not like, re- not. I don't feel like they're all hitting the same FNM, which I think, at least in Seattle, with so many FNM options, that may be the case. I feel like if yeah. you know you're in like you know Bumblefuck Nevada, I think I think the well, the, the, well, you the know. worst thing that I think is the people that are trying to find three FNMs to go to in a single day to just maximize points. Yeah, that's terrible. Isn't that Joe? Isn't that terrible, Joe Bono? Yeah, people like that are jerks. Yeah, they're big jerks. How can they live with themselves? <laughs> I can't believe they let those people be judges. <laughs> well, they, they really don't. If they find out about that, they should just kick them out of the judge program. Like, uh, like I, at the FNMs I've been to, I've not seen uh, a big influx of, 
of high level players. How many F and M's were you going to before the Planeswalker points announcement? Uh, not many. Okay. I've been to a whole bunch and I wasn't going to them before, Joe. Were you grinding F and M's before? Yes, but not the rate that I'm doing it now. Ooh, would you say you, you've increased your F and M intake from one every Friday to maybe even three every Friday? Some Fridays? That might be correct. Have you had a four for a day? I have not yet had a four. Is know. that because it's not possible? Is that the only thing holding you back? I, that means yes. There, there, there's, they, actually, there's a way that I might be able to do that. If there was a Friday night magic that started at 10 in the morning on Friday, you'd be there. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. They, you absolutely. You'd be, I go to Crazy Timmy Games. I would go to a 10 a.m. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you, your bar is real low. Uh, I know for me, since the Planeswalker points change came out, I've been F&Ming every day of the week. You're a fucking liar. (laughs) (laughs) You don't don't have to try and impress people. Don't call me on my shit, bro. You don't know me. (laughs) You don't know my life. You don't know how I live. (laughs) All right. uh, Next question. uh, Last question, actually. Uh, John Donovan asked... uh, uh, I want us to talk a little bit about uh, how there are how there's m- almost more EV, uh, more value in playing in SCG opens than Grand Prix. I don't know if that's entirely true. Uh, yeah, it's probably not completely true, but I think I think they're a lot closer than they ever have been in the past, and that's probably fine. I think I think that's what happens when you make so many more GPs and make them worth less. I think that's y- just what's going to happen. Yeah, like uh, when you take away invites from GPs, uh, what's kind of nice about SCG events is you do get two days guaranteed if you want to play you can play all those rounds where gps there is there is a cut right but but you always have the ptq on the second day of the gp not anymore no they're not they're not doing ptqs on on gp day twos that that is not confirmed by anybody that was just randoms v going off in that letter okay yeah that like they they haven't said anything about that 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 might end up being true but there's been no public statement about that okay um, and all all the events at the GPs are five x except for the GP itself, which is eight x, and the um, and the GPTs are three x. So like, there's there if if you're interested in grinding Planeswalker points, it's clearly better to go to the GP. Sure, yeah. there's a bigger prize pool at the GP. Well, at most of the GPs, um, the ones in South America and Australia will probably be ten k's, but. Yeah, you know, there's going to be a bigger prize pool for the American ones than there is at the Star City Open. Right. Yeah. So what's weird here is I feel like in general, since right now there's so few G, there, I mean, f- com- in comparison to what there will be, there's fewer GPs. So your quality of player attending each of these GPs, your your you know your your pro players are hitting all of these GPs. I think once they increase the number drastically like they will, I feel like your average level of competition is going to drop a little bit. Maybe not to as low as some of the Star City events level of competition, but I don't think they're going to be as hard as they were. Like, obviously, you're still going to have to rattle off a ton of wins and... But the quality of the competition may be a little lower. Yeah. I think we could talk about talk for hours about the differences between SCG yeah. and the GPs of Era now. We just don't have time to do that. Yeah, I, I feel like to actually answer this question uh, for you, John, I think we're going to have to just kind of see how GPs are next year. Because uh, as of right now, in the current structure, it's definitely not worth it. Is it going to be worth it next year? Maybe. I don't know. It really just depends. So...
I don't want to talk about magic anymore. Uh, I'm a little bit frustrated at the changes, mostly because they're slaughtering our sacred cow. But I'm not, like, honestly, for me, the changes actually don't impact me directly. I wasn't going to Worlds. I mean, uh, you know, I'm obviously still trying to qualify, but now it's kind of weird. So You know what it is. What? I just, a lot of people are asking the question, why should 16 of the players have all of the glory, 99% of the glory? Just saying. Occupy I mean, Watsy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It, it, it was already one percent getting all the glory, anyways. Now it's just a fraction of the one percent. So I don't know. This is the point zero one percent. Yeah, yeah. We are the ninety nine point nine percent. All right. Let's uh, let's let's stop talking about things that we care about. Uh, let's start talking about uh, Penny. Actually, I, I actually really like this game, so I, I shouldn't say that. Uh, so this week we played Penny Arcade, uh, the game uh, Gamers vs. Evil. Uh, it was published by Cryptozoic Entertainment, who also happens to be the uh, the nice folks that make uh, WoW TCG. Um, it is a two to four player game, ages fifteen up. Uh, playing time is 30, 40, 30 to forty five minutes. Uh, it is your. It is definitely your average style deck building game. Uh, there's some tweaks on it that we'll get into, but overall, it is very similar to how you play Dominion, how you play Ascension. Uh, you know, you draft cards off the board, you build them into your deck, you draw cards that let you draft more cards, uh, and then eventually a win condition is met and the game ends. So, uh, what I thought was uh, actually, why don't you? When do you guys talk about? Uh, what was interesting just mechanically out of this game? Like, what? why is this not Dominion? Uh, 50% of the cards that you can buy that do things, like, you know, draw new cards or get you more money or do anything like that, they they have victory points on them, or in this case, what are they called in this game? Uh, they're victory points. Oh, they're victory points? Yeah. Yeah, they, they just have them on them. So you're both buying victory points and buying uh, stuff to further your deck build. Your, yeah, the whole time. And that's that's pretty cool. Unfortunately, that means there are also cards that do just don't have victory points and are therefore sort of inferior in some ways. I think but, that yeah. I think they do a good job of balancing it. I mean, in this game, similar to Ascension, you have you have kind of cards that are very much like money cards, and like so, you kind of have your buying path and you have your fighting path, where you have your green cards that are you buy and they don't have victory points on them, but they usually have pretty good buying power or other abilities they give you and then you have red cards which is much more like fight where um you do get victory points it's you know it's just a slightly different flavor but i think with the whole um and someone someone else could probably explain this a little bit better but they have the bosses which yeah. are these like big things you know bigger more expensive cards and they have the red bosses and they have the green bosses and i think that kind of balances it out because the green normal cards don't really have victory points but the green bosses tend to have more victory points yeah. or better abilities so i mean they i think they they, they tried to balance it so, so go ahead it, it, it might be useful to actually talk a little bit more about the mechanics of the game before yeah. we dig in deeper so this this is a two currency game you you either build up battle um uh, through power yeah, power, power. Through, sorry power through your cardboard tubes um or you build up a currency through quarters or tokens um and so you you use one of those two currencies to buy one of two different types of cards. The red cards you you use your power to yep. buy, and the green cards you use your tokens, tokens to buy. Um, and so it's it's 
it's more like Dominion than Ascension in that um, both of the currencies end up just putting cards into your deck. And in Ascension, there's there's a real difference between the two currencies in that when you battle monsters, you get them out and you just acquire some victory points for that, but it doesn't alter your deck versus where where you buy stuff in Dominion or in Ascension, it alters your deck. In this case, with the Penny Arcade game, both of the currencies end up altering your deck by adding something to it. Um, and they they definitely have a different feel for the green cards versus the red cards. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's probably use to you know using that as framing. It's probably useful to talk about you know how the two different feel. I know that Kellen uh, feels very strongly about that. Well, I you know whenever I play a new game, I decide I'm going to go all in on one strategy. As soon as I if there's a there's a bunch of obvious strategies. Whenever you see a new game, the ones that they're pushing, just like in Magic, there's a bunch of linear strategies. And Lorwyn Block, you had to be you know all creature type of one creature type. In this one, I saw green cards, and green cards help you buy green cards. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to buy. All these green cards, and just have so many green cards, and it's going to be awesome because I don't know how you win after that, but clearly they want me to have a lot of green cards. So when I did that in a game I played recently, I discovered that that is not good enough as green cards do not have any victory points at all. So that's yeah. So there's two more mechanics I think that we need to talk about real quick. Uh, so the, the, there's two more mechanics I think we need to talk about real quick. Uh, there's at the beginning of the game, everyone gets a, uh, a like a character card. A hero, yeah. a yeah. hero. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's called actually called a yeah, hero. Uh, there's a random hero deck, and yeah, there, it, there are ten different heroes in the game, and everyone gets one, and each of them have different different abilities. Some are very focused in one or the two currencies. Uh, some of them want you to diversify. Yeah, e- each one basically has this like different ability. Uh, so everyone's got their own unique flavor to their deck already, right, going into it. And then uh, there's also the bosses, which we touched on a little bit. They're face down, right? So the cost of the bosses is always the... the there's a green boss and a red boss. Uh, there's there's four different bosses to choose from, and you choose randomly a green boss and a red boss. Uh, they're face down. Each boss costs more than your average card, uh, but then it increases as you go through more bosses. I think it's after the third or fourth boss you defeat in either color, uh, the fourth, it goes up in cost. They from, literally level up. Yeah. And then uh, to win the game, uh, or to, at least, sorry, to end the game, uh, one, either the red or the green, the last boss has to be defeated, and it costs like 13 of that currency. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting because in these boss cards... As they get added to your deck, they give you really good abilities uh, for their color. Like, you know, uh, an example is like one one uh, gives you two power and all of your opponents discard a card and you draw a card for each card that's yeah. discarded that way. The, the card is insane, right? Like, uh, So whenever you're, whenever you're actually accomplishing and beating these bosses, your deck's just getting much, much and much better. Right. So... Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with you, Kellen. I thought the green strategy was terrible. Yeah, I, I mean that's I mean, that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. It's fine to. I think green is a supplement to your red cards, and uh, unfortunately, some of the green cards it encourage you to have more green cards. And I think you just have to figure out that those are kind of like skill testers, and you kind of want it, it's going to be really tough to have an all green deck unless somehow you have some card or some hero that lets you 
accelerate your green to a point where you can just buy the heroes quick or the yeah. the the. But the thing is that there are certain green cards. I mean in both currencies there's you know you have all these different cards and each game you randomly only have 12 or you don't it's not necessarily random but you only have 12 out of all the total possible cards and there's definitely certain green cards that are just way better than others and there was one of the games we played where i won i had the most victory points at the end and i had a mostly green deck but it was because i had certain cards that gave me like a lot of buying power and because of that i could defeat um, these green bosses and the green bosses give you like seven victory points while the red bosses only give you five so in a way if you have more of those well yeah I, and i agree the green cards are just fine it's just that you can't you can't go an all green strategy and that that's what uh that's what i was planning on doing and it did not work out mm. uh so then that that's fine i mean i i just expected because there i mean there was a card uh what was the card where you reveal the top two cards of your deck, and uh, if you get all the green ones into your hand, and you can delete bat the rest? Milk, of milk, I think. Bat, bat milk. milk. Yeah, I, this, actually, that's mm. one of the most fun parts about this game. Is it's so it's so flavorful with the actual comic, and if you're if you're up to date with the web comic, it's pretty fun. But yeah, uh, it, like when you get a hand, and you're like, all right, uh, I'm gonna play Scrotum first, uh, oh, that, then Bat Milk, then hey, uh, Werewolf of the Top Hat. It's, it's Scrotum. Hey, yeah, scrotum, scrotum. <laughs> hey, Dwayne, y- you want to touch wieners? Touch wieners. Yeah, that's a card in this game. You that's another one wieners? of those green cards want more green cards sort of card. Uh, touch wieners. Uh, yeah, it's one of those. You know, touching wieners is one of my favorite cards, actually, <laughs> because it encourages other people to touch wieners. So if you want to touch wieners and someone else wants to touch wieners, you're both in a really good situation. I feel like I, you should use touch wieners cards for your, like, magic tokens whenever you, know, you, you make should. tokens. Yeah, because then can you imagine if you were playing with a touch, we, uh, touch wieners 1-1 one, one soldier token and your opponent's like, no way, and then they put their timely reinforcements <laughs> touch wieners 1-1 one, one token into play? And then you, you guys, guys like, could- well. Well, now what do we do? Go fuck in the bathroom. <laughs> I, I think guess. that's yeah, pretty much the only option. <laughs> I also, I also like that the scrotum uh, card, scrotum. the scrotum, it's car- called scrotum. The scrotum card is like you know, it's only good if you have two of them, and it's Shwitty even, balls. it's it's really only good if you have two of them. Because I mean, what the fuck are you gonna do with just one scrotum? I mean, it's actually really good if you have three of them. That that's true, but that's a whole different story, Joe Bono. <laughs> have you ever had a four scrotum hand? Um, I've had four scrotums in my hand before, and I didn't even play. Yeah. It's easy to do, man. It's really not that and tough. And then, it, like, once you play the first one, you just want to play with more scrotums. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, they kind of build up on each other. <laughs> I, it's just true. Scrotums are a wonderful thing. Scrotums are beautiful. I don't know. The, the picture on, of the scrotum here looks pretty wrinkly See, and ugly. Looks, no, that's scrotum. Okay, Oh. oh, you were talking about the card before. I see. Oh, I see fuck. what you did there. I had no idea. I thought you were talking about scrotums. Dwayne, mind back on the game, please. I, that was on the game. <laughs> uh, so there was a couple things that I really liked. Uh, I really liked the card names, like you were saying, Kellen. Um, the flavor was just unreal, right? Uh, Bat milk into deep crow. Um I like that they did the 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 negative cards like the it packs pox. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a nice addition. Yeah, I think I think actually some of us at this table came down with packs pox. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't have it, but my my boyfriend pretty much. I mean, how many? How, raise your hand here if you had swine flu. Let's see how many. How many? Let's see one. Viewers, can you see how many hands are raised? Yeah. Great, no, I'm gonna. I was gonna here. count them and be nice for the audience. It but was there none. Is, 
There was none of you guys had swine flu? Or we all had it. The viewers will never know. I was going to count. Don't worry. Do you like how I called them viewers? Yeah. (laughs) They're not. They're listeners. You're such a retard, Dwayne. Yeah. God, I'm fucking dumb. Yeah. So don't make complaints about me. But I'm saying that, yeah, a lot of us, you know, got or had loved ones that got the Pax Pox. And it was it was pretty horrible. So I like that they worked that into the game. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that don't know, it's Pax Pox is our flavor of convention cough. Or uh, I'm in the room with a bunch of unclean people and thus I get sick later. Yeah. So if you're that unclean guy, fuck you. Clean yourself before going in public. What is your or at problem, least man? at least before going to like a Christian women's convention or shit. Yeah, don't right. wear a hoodie. <gasps> that would be awesome if we brought Pax Pox to the Christian women's convention. <laughs> I, think, I think they have their own like yeah. you know, Jesus juice or something <laughs> nasty that they get there. Christian cooties. Oh God! <laughs> well, they just have the plagues, man. They, they're already dealing with that. The plague. The, the, the plague. Yeah. The, de- the how many deadly plagues? Let's see. I think there were seven of yeah. them. Yeah, they got quite a few to deal with already. One of them is Kellen's junk. <laughs> <laughs> it was prophesized. It was foretold in the destiny scrolls. It's catching. It's green and it's falling out of the sky. It's Kellen Abel's locusts. Junk. Now Kellen Abel's dick. Just there you go. Uh, so were we? T- we were talking about this game. Also, um, along with the flavor, not only are the card names and the ideas behind it, the art is really great, and the the layout or format of the cards. Yeah. Really simple, really streamlined, very easy to understand, but still looked good. So I'm going to touch real quick on what I feel. So after coming off Star Trek, a game with so many obvious fuck-ups. Do not remind me. God damn it. I did it. You're angry now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah you you're ruined flash, it. Having hot, heat flat, hot flash, flash, P- flash. P- are you... Star Trek. I don't think I'm the one going through menopause right now, Dwayne. <laughs> no, that's everyone Kellen hung out with this weekend. <laughs> uh, the one glaring obvious problem was the quality of the cardstock was really bad. This, honest to God, was printed on like leaf letter notebook paper. Looking at the cards, you can actually tell tell where they've been popped out of some cutout. Yeah, there's little, there's little like dots on the top and bottom where they've been punched out of a punch out form and this is really just unforgivable from cryptozoic they make a they make a trading card game they have access to these printers yeah uh, like both cryptozoic and um you know something that was you know stamped seal of approval by the pax guys those guys consistently put out high quality stuff both on their website and whenever they do you know whenever they do anything like they do their child's play charity mm-hmm. which is top notch awesome and definitely going to give them a plug for that uh or or their website right so having this just like your first touch of what the first touch of your wieners i'm just i'm just it's getting so late. you do want to touch wieners <laughs> with me ah, i'm so happy <laughs> I uh, yeah, I was kind of disappointed. Like, like with that. we unboxed a game and we played it at the PTQ after me and Dwayne scrubbed out, and within three playthroughs we had damaged a couple of the cards. Okay, well, what is what does this game sell for? Fifty dollars MSRP. Okay, well then that is a little that makes it less <laughs> excusable then, because I mean I thought maybe you know 
my thought is maybe they're trying to save money so that people can, you know, they can sell it instead for $20 or $30. But if they're doing the standard 50 for a, you know, a good deck building game, then yeah, you'd think that they would invest more in the cardstock. I feel like everything else about this game felt like it was worth the money. Uh, not that we spent that. Thank you, Cardhouse Games. Uh, but all things considered, uh, other than the card quality, did anyone have any major, like, pain points like i had a really good time playing the game i didn't have any uh i was i was losing but i wasn't unhappy about it i lost because i made a dumb strategy decision but because the game was still interesting and had references to a comic i enjoy i still had a good time the whole game i was never sad that i was playing the game even when there was no way i could win it turned out there was a i mean uh, nitpicking there's like a couple typos and mistakes and things like that but most of them were like not a big deal. Like they didn't make it look stupid or distract from. Th- there are the no game. shields. Yeah, they didn't have any shields, if you, if you know what I mean. So, um, but I, one thing I kind of liked about this game is that while it's it was it's kind of simple to play, pick up and play. Um, so it's kind of a, a I want to say a very social game where this would be a good game to yeah like to play at a PTQ to play at a convention or just to you know when you're hanging out with friends because you know you can pay really close attention and try to do the best strategy or you can be paying maybe like 80% of your attention on it but then just laughing and bullshitting with your friends the rest of it and either way it's it's fun like it's it's not a game that requires you to really be concentrating the whole time on like some fucking pieces of shit like Star Trek. So <laughs> I feel like you Star Trek should have come with like a graphing calculator. <laughs> like yeah, as your as your your Starfleet companion, you know, the TI-84 and it's going to do half of the game for you cuz you have to do math at every fucking turn. God, we're back in the last week. Yeah. Sorry, let's, no, no, no. It's like let's, we went into a no, fucking Dwayne, wormhole. Dwayne. Penny Arcade, Penny Arcade. Yay, so I had to look arcade. at it. Uh, so I had to look at Penny Arcade and, and say to myself, "Am I liking this game because I really like the IP, or am I liking this game because the game's good?" I think it just the game's good. Like, I definitely didn't like Star Trek because of the IP, and I like Star Trek IP. My only concern is, is I mean, other than the the Penny Arcade flavor to it, is there any? Did you guys feel like was there anything really special that made this game stand out? Uh, I didn't, and I don't think that's necessarily a problem, actually. For no, it. I mean, it's, I not, it's not necessarily a problem, like, but why would you choose to play this over, say, Ascension or Dominion or any of the other games? Uh, because those games people take really seriously, and I think, I, or even if they're not taking it really seriously, they're taking it more seriously than you want to sometimes. If I'm drinking and I just want to play a game for fun with some people and it doesn't matter who wins, I, I could play this game and lose every time and I'd still be fine. I wouldn't feel like I'm just I'm going to you know, kill myself because I have no idea how to play games. Fuck me. I, it's, like, uh, it's just fun and you're just playing it for fun. And I feel like every time you play it, you're going to be doing that. No one's going to be going in-depth strategy, looking up every yeah. map, graphing out the Dominion uh, deck decks you can build. or There's not going to be a site online with every potential Ascension uh, battle you can fight plus what you should do. I found that if you have village and town sweeper in your deck, you're going to win 99% of the there's, yeah, there's not gonna that. There's not going to be jackasses being like, no, what you got to do, you got to have as many scrotums <laughs> as you possibly can. And then you get you get your touching the wieners. And when you have that and the, the werewolf with the top hat, that's what you got to hey, do. Hey, that's the best. It's touch wiener, not touching wiener. Let's 
not go gay here, okay? This is a serious thing. It's oh, touch are, wieners. Are we they're talking? Mi- they're mimicking Nintendogs, I believe. Yeah, right? it's clearly about I, dogs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't yeah, know what I, the fuck wait, you're thinking yeah, of. Yeah, it's just dogs. This is a game oh, we're talking about the cards again? Oh, yeah. Damn it, oh, we did yeah, it again. Okay. <laughs> uh, I really liked... Uh, so what do you... You get 12... 12 initials cards. Yeah, there's there's the two starting cards. There's um for PA fans, it's merch and merch and flesh reaper. Yeah, the, yeah. the two sides of the merch. Uh, and then there's 12 of the 26 different uh yeah, random cards. I felt like there was a ton of replay, right? Cuz you're uh, and the other, the other thing it gives you is you sometimes have boards that are just imbalanced, which is fine. I I think that's fine where you just have boards that have like three or four green cards and nine to 10 red cards or the other way around. The the one problem I have with their imbalanced boards, I, I played a game uh, was way back at PAX actually when they were previewing it, um, where uh, where the board had three different discard cards on it, and you only start with six cards, uh, and so I would I was fourth out of four people, so by the time it got to my turn, everyone had already bought at least one discard card, and by the end of the game, the people in first and second had made me discard my entire hand three times. Uh, before I got to take my turn, so I I had three turns where I started with zero cards in my hand, uh, and could do nothing, and that wasn't very fun. That was that. I mean, that's not very fun. Yeah, there's fuck a, those guys. The, yeah, there that, is, there's potential for some very aggressive boards in this game, um, but there are there are several cards that let you like fight around it. There's yeah, a, but they also have to be on the table. So like in this yeah. board, uh, there was no way to combat that, and the only way the only thing I could do was sit there and lose my hand three turns in a row. Right. And I would like to remind James over here that he was in fact one of the responsible parties for this m- period of misery in my life. Uh, that's probably true. Yeah. Ne- next no. time, try and play sooner rather yeah, than Yeah, try before. and go first instead of <laughs> Yeah, win yeah. why flip. didn't you play around it? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, but even then it was still fun. I didn't I didn't feel like Oh well, this sucks, and I'm I'm miserable. I just didn't get to take a turn. But watching other people play, it wasn't. It didn't feel like Dominion turns where you're playing your combo deck that takes a hundred years. It it felt like, uh, well, I do have four cards that draw me a card and one thing that draws me two cards. But that was kind of it because there's only a very small number of those, and everyone wants those cards. Yeah. So so because there's so few of that type of thing, uh, it didn't feel like uh, there were too many just infinitely long turns. Yeah, there's there's very little card draw. There's very little deck thinning. Um, so it isn't a matter of trying to, you're still trying to optimize your deck, but you're doing it a different way by making correct purchases as opposed to just thinning every card out of your deck and then just playing your deck every turn, like so many Dominion games devolve into. Um, the biggest surprise for me opening up this package is that, uh, you've got this, this silly IP, I mean, Penny Arcade is, is very unserious and the game designer is Paul Sato Santi who's responsible for for developing magic during the 90s. He's yep. developed a lot of other games. He's a, a big name in the game world. And getting a, the gameplay being as good as it is isn't a surprise when you see that name on the product. Yeah. It's nice to have uh, responsible, powerful people in the world doing the things you love. And uh, I'm glad he was able to do this because it, it worked out really well for them that they could get someone who was good at his job to do this. That's really all I have to say about Penny Arcade. I think it was good. I would play it again, even if I lost. So, all right. So, you would definitely... You I would, would give you it would, a thumbs you up. You would yeah. give it a thumbs up. Joe, thumbs up, or are you trashing this game? Oh, definitely thumbs up. Um, it's fun. It's got a low barrier entry. It's fairly fast-paced. Um, I like some, some of the randomization stuff does create unbalanced board states, but for the most part, like... It's even okay when it's when it's unbalanced and there's clearly a 
correct strategy sure that Kellen doesn't use I, I feel like we should get a nice like range like so Clara on a scale of um, Kellen in tights all the way down to Star Trek the deck building game where would you put this I would put it at an ice cream sundae. Ooh. Uh, or, you know, I, I think ooh. you should know, an ice cream sundae is very close to my green tights right now. What? <laughs> is, is it? It's an ice cream sundae in your pants? Is That's that what right. you're trying to That's say? <laughs> that is okay. disgusting. I, I, would, I, mean, I would say, I mean, on this random crazy scale that we're making, um, but like I would, I would say maybe like an ice cream, like a totally great ice cream sundae that's maybe has alcohol mixed into it too because i was thinking about this game is really is really fun and i would love to play it again and i like i guess i said earlier i like that it's a very social game where like i could play this game drunk or i could play this game just being silly with friends and yeah and like kellen said it's okay if you lose it's just really fun and so i think i will definitely play this again because it's not one of those games where Hmm, do I really want to sit down and invest my time and play Penny Arcade? It's like, no, let's just, let's just play it. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be silly. How about this? Could you play this game with people who don't play games? Yeah, I actually. So. This yeah. would be a really good introduction to deck building games in general. This, then into Tento Quarry. It, de- it, it depends on what uh, you're into, right? Well, you got to get them into tentacle porn somehow. So <laughs> I think you really got to start Penny Arcade, Tentacle Quarry, then just lay the tentacles right up in them. Gotcha. That's next. <laughs> Isn't that that's the scale, right? You just roll one, two, three. Yeah, I, I feel like there's something in between there. Oh, sushi. It might be dinner. It's probably sushi. Dinner yeah. or drinks, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, close enough. James, what do you think? Uh, my only problems with the game are not with the game itself. It's with the packaging and the cardstock quality. Um, the game itself is a lot of fun. And it's simple to figure out. It's simple to pick up. It's replayable. It's it's a really good game. It's, the only the only problem I have is is having to spend a bunch of money on sleeves to to not break all your not damage all your cards. You hear that, Cryptozoic? We want we want your nice things to be nicer so we can continue manipulating your nice things. And and yeah, that made sense. Just, also, just, better card stock. Just, just just as a selfish one, I would have liked a. Small, small frame deck box like Tanto Quarry, but eh, can't be all that picky. Yeah, like I think you could you could repurpose this into a smaller box pretty yeah. easily. But the uh, I, I will say this: like the, the bigger box definitely gave them a showcase for their you know their obvious artistic skills, right? Uh, and it wasn't terrible. Like when you open the box, it, there wasn't any dividers. Yeah, that's kind of awkward. Yeah, that was a little awkward. But that said, it wasn't wasn't a box full of. Yeah, hopelessness and foam. <laughs> oh, you look. actually got a game in this box. <laughs> oh, look, we have 300 cards, 5D20s, and a TI-85. This is <laughs> this is depressing. I thought the foam was going to be for some like gold-plated abacus to come with that game. <laughs> but no, you're like, what's under all this foam? No, nothing. 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 Well, <laughs> not, that's not what's going to be left of my soul when we're done. I, I intercede. God, I... <laughs> How many more episodes are we going to bitch about this game? Uh, 10 or 20. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we should just have like a public flogging session where we make Kellen and Joe play this fucking game. No. Yes, yes. I'd, I'd actually like to play the Star Wars I, or Star Trek game. Yeah, oh. I, I can't oh. believe I didn't play I'm it because I'm so mad. I'm going to keep that soundbite for the longest time ever because three weeks from now after we've made you play it, I'm going to remind you that you said, 
I'd actually like to play the Star Trek deck building game. And you're like, what the fuck was wrong with me? I'm, I'm going to really enjoy it. And you guys are going to be really upset for playing with me. It's going to be great. He's going to math out all the correct play lines. And uh, it's, it's going to be I've rough. Oh, no, no, no. Up. You think that there's logic. I know how to defeat the Borg. <laughs> you think that there's reason. <laughs> We've defeated the Borg. We're not playing anymore. <laughs> we haven't gone to that sector of space, Joe. <laughs> we we interceded and the Borg stopped raping us. <laughs> We're staying on our mentally retarded, isolated planet somewhere <laughs> and not getting f- fucked by a gang of Borg. God, I'm angry again. Dwayne, 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 calm down. <laughs> calm down, Dwayne. <laughs> Motherfucker! <laughs> Calm. Shh. Let's, it's let's, okay. Let's, let's talk about good games again, like Penny Arcade. The hey, game. look, right. look! It's Penny Arcade. Let's this talk awesome. more about uh, what we're doing uh, next episode. Do we have plans for next episode? Uh, I, I think it's a big question mark, right? Yeah, there's uh, Ascension and Dominion are supposed to have are both supposed to have expansions coming out yep. this month, but it's gaming. Who knows when they're actually going to come out? Uh, there's also we, a Seven Wonders expansion there's coming out. Seven Wonders expansion coming out. Uh, we need to re- go back and replay Seven Wonders because that game's real nice. Yeah, we need to do the. We need to do seven wonders justice and you know since we have the lost episode so we really should especially if there's an expansion we should just do seven wonders again so please please, it's special collector's edition episode yeah only select few get to hear it so here's what we're gonna do we're gonna run a little contest for our listeners however many of you are out there and if you've actually had the patience to listen to this podcast long seven of you (laughs) well there's five of us here i see uh so uh we need suggestions uh whoever puts them on our facebook or twitter or somehow gets them to us uh if you get us a good suggestion of a game that is either coming out in the next week or has already been out uh we will randomly draw them uh find a winner and then you will randomly get one of the games that we've played on this show uh, fair warning: This may be, this may be the turd in a box. Uh, you may get, you may actually wonder why I'm sending you a box of foam, uh, or you might get something sweet. So, uh, listeners, uh, please, uh, you know, however you want to get it to us. Uh, I guess this kind of gives us a good, good meaning means of wrapping up here. Yeah. Uh, you can get a hold of us on email. Uh, hit the deck at geekerific.com. Uh, you can find all of our shows on geekerific.com. Uh, the show is on Twitter at hit the deck pod. I am on uh, as at Dwayne STA. Clara is not on Twitter. No, I decided not to tweet because I'm so retro like you that. You are tweetless. Uh, James is at James FNX. That's correct. Kellen is at. What what is it again? Coach Kellen at Coach Kellen. Aww, that's that's adorable. Oh yeah, I'm real cute. Your Twitter makes me quiver. Uh, <laughs> Joe is at Joe Bo- Joseph Bono at Joseph Bono. Uh, I might not have a Twitter, but you can write me letters. Yes, you could email Clara. No, no, I'm saying you can write me physical letters. You don't want your address out there. No, no, they have to go find it themselves. But if they find my address, they can send me letters. I hope uh, some. There's going to be a creep. That's pit. an awesome challenge. Yeah, four <laughs> chan does not condone get. stalkers or other stalker behavior. You're going to get some fucking creepy fucker in green tights right at your door. <laughs> All Possibly right. in a hoodie. Oh man! <laughs> come at might, me, bro! I'm, r- I'm ready you. for the challenge. Uh, so there's other ways to get a hold of us. We are on Facebook. 
uh, hit the deck podcast on Facebook. Um, we are the show is on iTunes. Uh, you, I don't think you can get a hold of us through iTunes, but if you are listening to this, please take a moment, rate us uh, on iTunes. We would really appreciate it. Um, there's something else I'm forgetting. Another way to get a hold of us. There's like 17 different ways. Uh, I don't know if you know us. Just you know, give me a high five and say hi. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh, unless anyone else has anything to say, we'll wrap up. All right. So uh, this has been episode three of Hit the Deck Podcast, sponsored by Cardhouse Games. Uh, we reviewed Penny Arcade, the game, Gamers vs. Evil. And thank you all for putting up with us for this long. And I hope to see some sweet submissions so you can get an awesome free game. All right. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night.